I just hit record right now. Okay, uh, so your audio sounds great to me. Okay. You're still using the old mic with the new setup, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, great. Yeah, I was just trying to make sure, you know, just to avoid uh, problems we had in the past that shall go unmentioned <laughs> further. <laughs> All right, uh, cool. So, hey everyone, welcome to the Friends Apart podcast. I'm Franz, with me, as always, is Jason, and as always, I'm naming myself first, because we all know who's more important. Bonjour, je m'appelle Jason. Uh, that is the extent of my French knowledge, thank you. J'habite à, à Allemagne. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> I live in Germany. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, yeah. Super fascinating. Uh, <laughs> just diving right in right off the start. There's a, there's some cool YouTube video that explains why Germany has a different name in like every country and language. Oh, really? Yeah. What's that? I don't know. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I watched it a long time ago and I apparently didn't absorb that knowledge. <clears throat> yeah, that, that kind of sucks, right? I mean, it's there's like... A lo- <laughs> It's just historical, yeah. like, interaction with the Germans, like, and uh, for different reasons. Why, wherever French is, like, Allemagne or whatever, yeah. and then, Alemania. Know, Deutsch, I, Germany, I, and then other countries call it something, too. So, I kind of think I know where this is coming from, but also it's dangerous half-knowledge on my part right now. So, I think it's because, um, like, we originate from... Germans, so we called them Germanen back in the day. Um, and I know that the Western and Northwestern parts of Europe that were fighting us were back in the day finding the, uh, fighting the Alemannen, which was also like sort of a tribe thingy, like later wow. on, of, of what's now Germany. And those have kind of merged. And I think that's kind of where it comes from. But I could, I'm also very much talking out of my ass. So <laughs> I am, I'm not sure. Um, buddy, so first off, what is zipping on? Uh, I've got um, a propeller prime logger. Oh, going, going with a fancy craft again. Craft is that something? Yep. yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, I'm going with my uh, still very much ambiguous... Um, uh, Kreuter Hexe, my, my uh, gin, gin, ginger ale plus spiced 80% rum. Um, I it's, still don't know how to feel about that drink. It has a very nice amber color. Um, it it smells. It's got a smell. It's got a smell indeed. <laughs> um, and it, it tastes, I don't know, it tastes very... Uh, very distinguished <laughs> uh yeah but it's 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 all right and it kind of you know gives you a nice blast so <laughs> so uh actually prior to this recording jason and i have kind of touched on video games and there's okay so i've started playing far cry 5 uh last this week actually yeah i downloaded it this week uh, maybe last weekend, I'm not sure, something like that. And I think I've played it for like ugh, maybe 10, 15 hours. Not a whole bunch, but mm. um, I've played all the Far Cry games apart from 4 and Primal. Have you ever played Far Cry? Yeah, um, I'll, I've actually only played 3. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so That's a very I, good one. That's, I was going to say... One where I, you, I, in yeah. the jungle, yeah, I was gonna say yeah. I'd be very biased, but that's my favorite one. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> no surprise. So, I gotta say, so the first one was a nice shooter, but it was very underdeveloped um, compared to you know the later parts and even part two. For me, part two was by far the best. Um, I don't know, maybe it's a nostalgia because I think uh, it must have been like ten years ago or something. I played it. Um, it had a very nice balance to it, so you had a very nice balance of you know just roaming around exploring um you i think you were supposed to be in in africa um in this part okay um and sort of like in the 
desert kind of situation and uh, it was a very well crafted game great character development very cool backstory i think they always do a great job at that actually um uh, like the character design overall i think is very yeah, very yeah. well done um kind of kind of rockstar like i'd say yeah um, yeah w- with a bit less of the like irony and like biting sarcasm and stuff <laughs> But um, it's yeah, and hookers. I think just never hookers. Ninety percent fewer hookers. Games. Still yeah. some hookers. Yeah. Um, so, Far Cry Five. Now, okay. I've... So t- tell me what this one is because the last one I remember is the one with the crazy guy with the pink uh, hair on the cover. Or gray yeah, there was or that. That was four, I think. Okay. Um, because that's the one that I've also not played. So Far Cry 5 is set in modern-day America, and it's um, about a religious cult um, that is led by the father and uh, his family, pretty much, so his siblings. And each of the siblings occupies a part of this region where everything's set. Um, I think it's supposed to be a very, you know, like, yeah, southern USA uh, kind of area. Yeah. Um, and they are they are acting kind of like it's not just a cult it's more like a political thing so they're taking over parts of the country and um they try to you know create their own state kind of okay. thing okay is it like alternative history or is it supposed to be happening in it's, modern day well they they have a disclaimer in the beginning saying okay. that everything's made up so it's supposed to be alternate Okay. Um but you can see that it's very much it's very much meant to show what the radical movements that are existing mm-hmm. uh in the US um could be capable of doing when, you know, fueled by perceived misery, I'd I, say. I see, okay. Yeah. So, um it's the concept is quite nice and as always like the characters are so well crafted it's it's uh it's a beautiful world you're in um but i suck at it so (laughs) hard dude so i it, it it's gone so far that i actually googled far cry 5 is hard and i mean there are a bunch of reddit posts of people saying the same thing, especially about the first part, apparently. The first part, which I'm obviously still, still at, apparently is the toughest part. Um, because with the Far Cry games, it was always like that. Like, you had a bit of a grind the first couple of hours, but your enemies never really, you know, hit you that well. Right. <laughs> they were always quite bad at shooting. And I'm not sure, someone had a theory, <laughs> which I quite liked, uh, he said, "Maybe it's because it's set in the U.S. and everyone's pretty much uh, pretty much a professional gunman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe it's for that reason. <laughs> but also, like the the region, uh, it's it's like a valley where this place um, is very much occupied at every single road and every single corner by those uh, like cult members." And you could just be passing by, like driving 150 miles per hour, and they would still be able to spot you, even though <laughs> you're you're in a car that you stole from them. Um, you know, you're wearing kind of like the same stuff they're wearing. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's quite badly made oh. uh, for like playability reasons, I'd say, because you never really get in a flow. Because you always get interrupted pretty much. And you just want to, you know, you want to go from A to B to fulfill this task. And uh, you just die like a couple of times in between just because uh, your body armor apparently isn't worth shit. Whereas when like an enemy wears body armor, um, you can like, I'm not even, I'm not exaggerating. You can put a whole magazine in that guy, uh, like empty a whole clip, doesn't matter. He will still stand. Uh, see, I a- hate a- that. As opposed to like non-armored enemies that actually die when shot like once, which mm-hmm. is 
which I thought was cool at first because I was like, okay, well, that's quite different to like, I don't know, GTA or Red Dead Redemption, whatever, where yeah, you like yeah. empty your... You, you just, you know, you shoot and shoot and shoot, but you're also kind of invincible. So it's balanced. But for Far Cry, it's just not balanced, in my opinion. But also, I think I just really genuinely suck at that game. <laughs> Have you considered yeah. that it's because you're an old man now? And that oh. your reflexes and, and, and uh, your, your thought process, your brain, your brain's just not in it. Yeah, so first <laughs> of all, I'm not... The one, you know, that has a free in, in, in front of their age. So, I'm, I don't know what it's like to be an old man. I'm sorry. Sorry, you're going to have to speak up. I can't hear you at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, that reminds me a little bit of why I didn't like Gears of War and Halo. Mm-hmm. Um, because... It took so many bullets to kill. Like, first you had the shield, then you have your health bar. And, like, uh, in Gears of War, you just, you have to pump them full of, full of bullets, an entire magazine or more to kill them. And, like, even then they go down into this down state before you have to, Mm -hmm. like, go and smash them over the head or something. And it's like, versus some games are, like, opposite where Arma or um, I used to love uh, SOCOM, U.S. Navy SEALs. Where if you take like three bullets, two bullets, you're dead, basically. Mm-hmm. But vice versa, too. Yeah. Um, and then Call of Duty and Battlefield are kind of somewhere in the middle. Battlefield's a little extreme still. I felt like you had to put way too many bullets into someone to kill them. Really? I, yeah. I didn't think... Okay, well, the last one that I played was Battlefield 4, I think. Yeah, and yeah. No, 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 3. Sorry, it was actually Battlefield 3. Yeah, okay, that's... that's I'm okay, thinking that's of 3 and 4. Yeah, three, three. I think just because I was, it was hot off the heels of me, like ending my professional Call of Duty career when Modern Warfare Three came out, and like, <laughs> it's like, it's pretty fast. And then Battlefield, I was like, yeah. oh, I'll try Battlefield, and then it yeah. just felt like it took too long. So yeah, I'm not sure about Battlefield and Call of Duty. I gotta say, I always thought those games were quite well balanced. At least, at least. Well, no, also the multiplayer. I think single-player and multiplayer were quite well-balanced. Um, I So, my main issue is just that... So, for Far Cry, for example, you get, like, a team. Uh, you get teammates that you can command. And okay. so, right now at my stage, I'm only able to have one teammate. And uh, one of them is uh, in a plane, which is awesome, because you can just bomb and just shoot enemies from the sky, which is really, really cool. Um, And the other one's a sniper. And so, the sniper (laughs) behaves in the dumbest ways possible, (laughs) which is, like, no, for real. Like, she would, okay, I would say, okay, we're, we're, we're in a hideout, right? And we're looking at this bastion of the cult. And I'm looking through my, uh, like, oculars and, and, and see, okay, so there's an enemy, there's an enemy, you can, you can mark them. Mm-hmm. And I tell her to shoot this enemy on, you know, the top of the building, on mm-hmm. the roof, because... Um, Obviously, he's going to be a sniper or has a rocket launcher or something. I want him right, taken out. Yeah. She would go ahead, usually, and, you know, shoot him, which is all right. I mean, not talking about the fact that she's using a bright green laser. <laughs> uh, for whatever fucking reason, no sniper would ever do that. Not in the middle and, of the day, at least. Yeah, and it, it's, it's so weird. So, anyways, um, she would usually do my bidding. But then when we would move locations, she would take the most obscenely stupid route possible, usually right in front of the enemy line, so they would see her and just start shooting, and she would just (laughs) die. And I would try to come, like, you know, resuscitate her, uh, and I wouldn't come as far because then I would already be dead. And so, yeah. That was our very successful try at storming <laughs> that building. And it's just so oh god, it's 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 so pitiful my whole way of playing this game. 
And I feel quite bad for my girlfriend because she usually like sits in the living room with me when I'm playing. Uh-huh. And when I was playing Red Dead 2, most of the times I was just really enjoying the game and it was very well balanced. Of course, there were some frustrating moments. I think games need to have those moments. But um, for, for Far Cry, I think it's just ridiculous. And uh, yeah, it's weird. So, you know, gist of it is kind of... I do feel like an old man as much as I don't like to (laughs) be called that. Um, But yeah, I really do feel that way because when I googled is Far Cry hard, you know, I I told you, I saw a lot of like posts on Reddit saying the same thing. But the very first result was actually, why is Far Cry 5 so easy? (laughs) And it was a Steam thread with just, you know, this guy saying so... Why isn't hard mode actually hard? Like, I don't die from just one bullet. That's not hard mode. They should okay. really try and fix it. And I'm like, okay, so, yeah, you, you so got a big dick. This is, this is someone who played every Halo game on Legendary. Guess what? I did, too. Big fucking deal. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. But, but anyways, I... <sighs> I also I saw this Reddit post which I thought was was quite nice. Uh, they should implement a like a, a busy I don't know what did they call it like a busy person mode uh, for games so that when you <laughs> haven't played the game in a while because you've been busy with you know adult shit yeah um, they would you know lower the difficulty automatically <laughs> and they would like uh, send you reminders of the controls and of the game mechanics and stuff and <laughs> uh, i thought that 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 would be nice that that would be really cool uh, adult mode not what you think when you restart the, <laughs> when you restart the game the controllers pop up and it says hey old man you remember how to move <laughs> also here's some titties just for good measure <laughs> Here's some titties and the things that happened last time you played in an easy-to-read, large-font, bulleted list. <laughs> yeah, right. And then, and then there would also be <laughs> blind mode again, just as last week we talked about the captures. <laughs> oh, God. Um, dude, uh, speaking of last week, uh, so I've... Okay, let me just quickly pull this up. Um, I've been checking our RSS um stats uh-huh and i found some very disturbing things so last week we talked about um you know how we actually have listeners apparently and <laughs> it's it's about like 70 per month on average yeah yeah, yeah. at least streams could be that it's just the same person clicking on the same streaming stream. 70 times which is <laughs> fine like a Hi. fucking fucking psychopath just don't <laughs> hurt me and my family please um yeah now rss so for everyone who's not involved in podcast hosting fucking plebs um let me just try and explain to you how this works so uh you need in order to to produce a podcast you need a rss feed um rss feeds you've probably seen them a bunch uh usually used for like you know news and and updates on websites and so on um and there are different providers for um rss feeds and what they would do is they pretty much just spread your podcast that you upload to the site to all different providers more or less or you can manually implement them on different sites so um what rss.com our provider is offering now is a new mode uh, for analytics where you can see uh, not only how many downloads you have and so on and so on, but you can also see listeners' locations, devices, uh, platforms, and client apps. Uh huh. Which is kind of uh, yeah. I'm 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 starting to get nervous about where you're going with this. Yeah. Um. So. <laughs> um. Let me just start off with the pleasant stuff, okay? So, um, apparently, we have a bunch of listeners in uh, Belgium. Oh. So, fucking bonjour, I guess. Um, They speak Flemish. They they also, fuck you, they also speak French. (laughs) 
Um, then obviously there's like huge indicators for our locations, which I thought was quite strange because we usually don't download our stuff. Maybe it's just a coincidence. I don't know. Well, you don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought your downloading farms were in China, man. Uh, no data from there, by the way. I used uh, to when I had little, like, no data per month I would download before I left the house. But maybe not now. Yeah. <laughs> then uh, we have a bunch of listeners in Ohio, um, okay. Kansas, a um, little bit in, like, uh, California... Also a little bit in Atlanta. Um, nice. So high US followers. How the fuck is they listening to us? We're constantly just making fun of the country. Um, and then we have something from Japan. Cool. And I can even like pin it down quite accurately. So um, Nakamaya Avenue number. <laughs> no. So it's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh in tokyo apparently so oh cool Nihal. We, we, yeah no that's that's chinese you're racist oh, shit, i'm fuck. sorry <laughs> <laughs> uh, no that's no the, the worst part about that is i took japanese for two years <laughs> i'm so sorry <laughs> yeah oh, uh and I have now also learned that Chiba is not just the name of a dog, but also a place in Japan. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, okay, so that all being said, and uh, thank you guys very much for listening, if you are, we should probably also extend a very nice whatever hello is in binary, because let me tell you, the client apps are not looking... As awesome as I would have thought, because number one place with about uh, 40% of our listeners come from, drumroll, Googlebot. <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah, I asked myself that question too. I was kind of hoping that maybe Googlebot is just, you know, a term for like unidentified uh, downloads we got via Google. Kind of, you know, could okay. be. Yeah. No, it isn't. It is literally a scavenger bot that Google has that, uh, you know, archives. Well, um, it probably listens to the content and then like, so that when you search it, it has like this like quote unquote deep learning of the episodes. Mm -hmm. so you can say like something that happened in the episode in the search bar and then it'll pull up that exact one. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I read. Yeah, right. And so that's 40% of our listeners right there. Well, that's thanks encouraging. Thanks for Google. That's, um, we really appreciate that. Uh, yeah. Always happy to have a multi-billion dollar uh, or trillion dollar company um, listening yeah. to us. Fuck. Great. <clears throat> uh, okay. But... Wait. wait but, uh, yeah. I will say <laughs> I was expecting far worse. I was expecting it to be like uh, like scammer... <laughs> scammer organizations in like China and India trying to hack okay. into our shit. So that brings me to part two. Oh, fuck. Well, position two of the most used client apps. Have you ever heard of Podnots? Uh, no. But okay. It sounds an yeah. awful lot like Yognots. So I don't know if that's related. So what the fuck's that? Yog, Yog's cast. Yog oh, Yog's or, cast. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not with you. Um, so, yeah, I didn't know Podnots either. At first, it seemed like a Russian provider, like, Podnot, you gotta <laughs> listen to Podnot. Um, but... Take the podcast and shut up. <laughs> um, so, I naturally Googled Podnots. Let me tell you. You know, there's, for the new listeners here, there's one app we particularly despise uh, which is stitcher okay so uh, let me just tell you when in case you're somehow listening by stitcher just get the fuck out of here um but i think we have found our uh jesus for our uh beelzebub um Oh. Because, because Podnots... When I learn what that means, I'm going to be very impressed. <laughs> so Podnots um, seems like the coolest podcast website I've ever found. And 
I'm just going to put it out there. Maybe the algorithm of that website actually picks it up because it's the second most uh, uh, it's the second most used client for listening to a podcast. Um, they So the slogan is, we recommend podcasts specifically for you. For you, spelled uh, in cursive, so you know they're for real. Um, <laughs> and... What they do is you just type in a couple of like keywords that you're interested in and then mm-hmm. people find it uh, and it's recommended to you rather than, you know, doing the, the typical, you know, listing thing of just, you know, giving you uh, the exact words that you typed in. Right, um, right. So it's searching by keywords, which I think is amazing. And I probably should uh, stop putting pedophiles in our keywords now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's what Podnuts is. Seems like a decent website. Um, I actually, so what I did is I typed in Canadian, German. And there's a bunch of stuff that comes up, but there's, yeah, also our podcast that comes up. Uh, nice, nice. Very, very, you know, very low on the list and uh, kind of <laughs> negligible, I guess. Kind of buried under the brezel and... Uh and uh, I can't think of I can't riff a name. Oh fuck! Also, uh, even if you like type in friends at Canada, we don't show up. Fucking hell. <laughs> okay, maybe. Uh, okay, whatever. But anyways, the um, app seems to work in our favor. So uh, thank you, Podnots. I thought that's very, very great. And still, fuck you, Stitcher. And yeah, Stitcher is not in the list of the used client apps, so <clears throat> I'm very happy about that. <laughs> um, the next one is Apple Podcasts, which I think is amazing um, because we can pretty much be sure that that's real clicks. Uh, then it's a little bit yeah. of Spotify and a little bit of Pocket Cast. Po- pocket Casts. Two ca- words. Caster. Sounded pocket, out. Pocket Cast. Casero. Pocket. Oh. Pocket. Cast. Okay, pocket cast. Good. So, I know you're old, but take your medicine. Take a puffer. Come on. Oh, fucking. That's why I think, like, literally the stuff I'm drinking right now, it tastes like medicine. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's. I think it's making things worse. Uh, yeah, so, totally anyways, that, that's a little bit of, you know. Uh, <clears throat> you know, it, uh, a little bit of a peek behind the scenes. Um, also, a bunch of people are so most accesses are by mobile, obviously, but a bunch of that are by devices watch. <laughs> uh, so, sixteen so percent of devices used are watches. Cool. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I don't want you people like if you're owning an Apple Watch, fuck you. Apart, apart, <laughs> apart from my girlfriend, obviously, like her Apple Watch is the best. N- yes, um, yes, they're all truly unique, and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. I'm, I'm glad to hear. I was just about to look at this, the analytics while you were doing it, but I thought I would let you uh, surprise me. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, that's really great. Yeah, I gotta say, it's uh, well grounding. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to inflate the ego too much. No, like when I read that Google Bots thing, like, fuck, I'm not sure. Does Google Bots, like, does saying Google Bots in the podcast make Google Bots pick it up more? Well, I can't say we've said it before because we had no reason to. Yeah, that's true. But maybe now, like, 80% of our listens come from some bot who's probably like, ah, 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 dick joke, ah, ah. <laughs> Well, you know what? Even if so, I'll take it because it means we're on the good side of uh, on the winning side of the machine over over overthrow. Uh, that's true. Oh fuck, that's true. Like, just imagine so, uh, that. Y- you know how, like, in the Second World War, Germans were allowed to only have one kind of radio, which was called the Volksempfänger, so like mm-hmm. the the Volks receiver, and yeah. uh, so. Once, like, the AI overlords take over, all hail the AI overlords. Um, all hail Bill Gates. No, now just Bill Gates. You have to keep that in mind. It's yeah, not, that's it's not, right. It's not Bill and Melinda anymore. She can't take any more of that brain. Well, yeah. <laughs> no. or, or does she get half of it? 
I don't know how that works. Fuck. Uh, yeah, our our podcast is the only thing that's allowed to be played <laughs> once the AI has taken over. And the machine overwhelms. Yeah, there's like the the fucking minarets just playing our podcast throughout the city all day, every day. <laughs> oh God. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. They're like, I can't take any more dick jokes. <laughs> Why does he, Why does he always say so before each sentence? Why? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, uh, I'm happy to not be in a weird pod in the beginning of the Matrix if that's what it takes. I'm not sure, man. Would you actually? I mean, it seems like quite a decent life, you know, like you, you're laying there, they must have, so that's something that I always was asking myself, how do people shit in those pots? Because, like, is there, like, a, I don't know, yeah, there's a, they, they have to piss and shit, like, where does that go? I think there's just, like, a waste removal thing. Yeah. It's like, in a, you're in a floating tank, they probably just flush, flush the whole tank. Yeah, but you know how sometimes you would like have a floaty sometimes you would have a sinker mm. oh. <laughs> so what if it gets clocked like have you thought about that and also holy shit it's gotta be itchy as fuck they never get to wipe yeah that's great but you're like also completely sedated i assume that the gel they're in okay question yeah if you are completely stationary in a pod and you're connected to like presumably a feeding and waste tube and you're in this like suspended animation where you're just like imagining your world yeah how why does keanu reeves awake in impeccable shape yeah yeah that's that's an obvious flaw um why are any of them not like weird amorphous bobs with un- blobs with underdeveloped bones they, they should look like christian bale and the fucking machinist that that's what they should look like just completely just just desiccated and complete, I, completely well, just uh, n- no, or the or the opposite because they're not exercising. Like it would be like even worse than Wally, dude. That's right. Like because yeah. they're not even awake. Yeah, I mean, so okay, so I've had this theory for a while that John Wick is one of Keanu's dreams within the Matrix. Um, but, like, not a dream, but, like, his kind of, like... Well, it's a dream within his existence within the Matrix, when he still was in the Matrix. Okay. Um, and I think that's why he was so inclined to, like... Like, he didn't have a lot of doubts. You know, like, he... You know, he took... I never remember, was it the red? Or the, I think it's a red pill, right? That he swallows to see the truth. Uh, yeah, that sounds like, if I'm going off my internet culture, probably red pill is the truth pill. Yeah, probably. And so he wasn't that hesitant to swallow the pill. He was probably like, yeah, let's let's get those fuckers. Like, they've killed my dog because he was, you know, he was still in like that weird John Wick frame of mind. And mm-hmm. uh, that's also why he was so inclined to start killing people. Like... Yeah. You ever thought about that? I mean, he was just introduced to the concept <clears throat> of Mr. Smith basically being a like ubiquitous uh like AI kind of thing that just mm-hmm. is able to take over anybody in the matrix. And also, yeah. what happens to those people that get taken over and killed? Uh be- because, you know, the whole thing is that if you get killed in matrix, you die in reality, right? So you know why though yeah exactly who does, that, who does that benefit why does that benefit the machines they're keeping the people alive to harvest their energy right yeah why would it benefit them to allow them to die in real life if they died in the matrix that's dumb D- don't you think that maybe they coupled like the physiology of the actual like bodies to their matrix counterparts so it makes the immersion better well, I don't know any C plus plus or Java, so I don't know how to code that the other anyways. But oh, they 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 <laughs> they definitely would have done that in Python. I mean, it's it's such a. <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I don't know. 
Because yeah. like you would think that they or okay, so here's a better question: Why did they need to create a world in the first place for them to live? Why yeah. can't they just keep mm. them in some like weird mm. or, or figure out a better way to? Could could it be to get energy? <laughs> yeah, than it's... this super complicated <laughs> fucking network of tubes of shit and food and pods. And... <laughs> wind, wind and solar. You fucking. <laughs> Yeah, right. It's just they, they could God. have gone like a, like AI could have just been like, okay, so let's just eradicate the human race and put some like fucking wind wheels up. I mean, that's, yeah. that could have worked. I mean, we still have like running, you know, rivers and stuff. <clears throat> just mm-hmm. put, put some generators in there and whatever. Yeah. Um, I think the whole idea behind it is that uh, AI became malicious towards humans um which honestly kind of makes sense uh if you if you think about how we've been using computers pretty much like 80 percent for porn so they were like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now we're gonna fuck you back and that's that's literally what they did i mean you have to think about like the world is created by ai right so anytime a human who's you know used for energy and thereby immersed in the matrix um like has sex he's going to fuck a robot pretty much like the idea of a robot of a human so it's like Mm -hmm. it's it's a weird thing and so so i think they keep them in this world so their brains would be active and thereby generate a bigger electrical output Mm. That's what I would say. But then again, like fucking solar power. (laughs) It's there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here's the other side of what I, what I want to know is like, apart from generating the energy, the robots presumably have like normal everyday lives where there's a robot father who has robot sons (laughs) and they all go to robot baseball or something. Right. Like what's the whole point? of it all so if if not for them just to (laughs) i don't know prosper uh, it's it's kind of strange if you think about how i think it was in in part three um where they were like going into uh zion like the the like the the capital of the oh you know what i haven't seen number three yeah good on you man like <laughs> no for real like the third part was just it pretty much just ended by oh neo saved us with love yeah i'm oh, for fuck's sake. i'm not kidding you like they they pulled a fucking harry potter on us and um it's so they go into this like central thingy in their i don't know spacecraft or like technically i guess it would still be an aircraft that they're mm. riding yeah. on the side and um, they encounter like a huge floating mechanical dragon thingy, which is like, wh- why? <laughs> like, why would AI build this? And it's, it's I, now okay. Now I need I need to see what this looks like. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you okay. Um, let me just okay. It was so the first part was Matrix. The second one was Reloaded. The first part was Revolution. Yeah, right. So Matrix Revolution. Um, big robot. <laughs> 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 uh, it's a yeah, right. There's yeah, it's like those yeah. So they also have like exoskeletons and shit, and it's it's a whole deal. It's kind of weird. Um, they uh, yeah, he machines the Matrix wiki. Yeah, there must be something about that. Um, yeah. Battle for Zion. I s- if dude, okay. like if if I weren't so ugly, this would be a huge incentive to do the whole podcast by video. Uh, <laughs> why why are the the robots AI using 
belt fed bullet fed guns and not yeah like, like lasers or something rail, like that rail guns or lasers or something yeah more. <laughs> yeah less labor intensive to manufacture <laughs> yeah it's it's so strange and uh uh fuck and also so, i, I kind of hate the fact that there's a whole like nerd culture around that writing sentences like while the machines uh, while the machine is the antagonist in the series it is actually the human own oh god get your grammar right fuckers is actually the human's own fault for not living with them peacefully causing them to go all out war to wipe out the human race to preserve the existence i mean it kind of well who started the uh, whole thing? Like, they started harvesting humans for energy, so uh, what you're saying is they should have, we should have just gone along with it? Yeah. I mean, okay, so where was the tipping point? Was it too many porn things, or was it was it uh, Boston, Boston Dynamics creating the dog robots that they kept kicking over to try and make it more stable? And then they're okay, just like, that's actually, yeah, that's a good point. Like, those videos freak me the fuck out. Like, this, this, uh, like, anthropomorphic robot they have, mm. they make it do, like, somersaults and stuff. Yeah. Fuck. Or like, it ran upstairs and did an obstacle course. Dude, just imagine, like, <clears throat> giving them the ability to do somersaults and all that stuff is, like, intimidating enough. Just... Picture this, okay? So, Boss Dynamics and Google have pretty much taken over the world by AI. Like, it's like uh, like the founders of Google that just like Simpsons style have conserved their brains and yeah, are, yeah. are like, you know, giving the machines orders. And uh, you know that they've taken over, right? So, you just like... You stocked up on like ammo and guns and everything, and at some point your like dried fruit reserves just ran out, and so you have to go out to find something to eat because you've already eaten like your whole family. So now it's time to you know get some energy, and mm. you step out of your house. And the first thing would <laughs> see is just Robert doing a somersault. <laughs> and you're like, fuck, I'm done. You're like, I'm out of here. Why? <laughs> why was this programmed? Like, even even a human, even if a human would go and just do a somersault in front of me, I'd be like, fuck. Like, I'm legit impressed. Like- I mean, I'm not gonna <laughs> fuck with you. It's like, Kind of like this whole like, like, craftfully playing with knives to demonstrate your superiority. <laughs> We're just like, yeah, nice. I'm just gonna shoot you, okay? <laughs> yeah, he, if that's all right with you. Uh, then the Matrix Three. What you said though, kind of, rem- kind of uh, reminds me of like horror movies where. Um, you know, like for the first half or the first three quarters of the movie, like you you don't see it, you don't know what's happening, mm. and it's really really suspenseful and, and scary. And in my experience, uh, in all the horror movies that I've seen and thrillers and stuff, the idea of a monster or something being there is far more scary than. Yeah, anything that they can actually show visually. Sure, that, that that's how like paranormal activity came about, right? Exactly. So, like what you said about them going into the robot like center and you know like exploring the depth of the robot world is like it's far less interesting than whatever you can conjure in your mind for mm-hmm. why why the world's like that and what's going on for like and for the same reason I'm like, well, why don't they have you know why are they the way they are in the pods or whatever it's yeah it's it's like well you don't know the whole story Mm. is is basically it and whatever you think of is true Mm. i guess um and then when they start to actually like confirm and like solidify the world and you're like "Eh, that's not what i pictured 
and then yeah. it just kind of fizzles out a little bit. Yeah. So I think you're right in part because I, I always have a huge counter argument for that, which is that, but that might very well just be a personal thing. And if you agree, you're wrong. And uh, no, <laughs> if, you, if you're, if you disagree, you're wrong. God, I'm this, this, uh, <laughs> so I'm fucked if I do, fucked if I don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, this, this, uh, herbal witch is getting the best of me now. Mm. But it's almost empty, at least. Thank fuck. Um, so, my biggest counter-argument is books. Because, at least in my opinion, um, books aren't as scary as movies can be. So, no. I mean, that's my opinion. Some people might disagree. Um, but uh, if you do, you know, just get, get, get. Okay? Um because I think like so take okay let's take Harry Potter let's just take fucking Harry Potter as an example um so like most kids I've read the books when I was still a kid and like the first one or two books I thought were still kind of lighthearted um I mean there was yeah some creepy stuff towards the end always but mm, usually was mm. kind of lighthearted. but i thought the whole idea of voldemort and stuff was uh yeah it was kind of scary especially yeah when, when you're a kid uh because it's pretty much like you imagine like the devil or like a really really like a, yeah like a demon i remember being really scared when he went into like the chamber of secrets and and or met met voldemort oh the fucking my okay so my mom read to me the first book or two mm -hmm. and the one the scene where he like sees voldemort licking the unicorn blood in the forest oh yeah that's fucked up that scared the shit out of me when i was a yeah. kid thing is yeah. that i think so when i watched the movies um it was a very novel experience because i think it was the only series that i've actually first read the books and then saw the movies like for um Hunger Games, for example, I first saw the movies, then I read the books. Gotta say, the books are a lot better, actually. Um, mm. But anyway, so... I think that when they first... Like, in the first part, when, when fucking Professor Quirrell, like, uh, takes off his, like, turban and reveals mm -hmm. Voldemort in the back of his uh, head, I lost my fucking mind. <laughs> I was... I was scared shitless. And... Um, this was because they didn't like he had kind of a face, but it was very amorphous, right? So yeah, um, and and that I think plays into what you were mentioning before that it's not a like, it's more the idea that's scary, because factually what they've shown is a guy who has another guy's face on his back, and I mean mm -hmm. that's not really like scaring anyone. It's yeah. just you know kind of freaky. Um, mm. But the idea that he represented, that was built up throughout the whole movie, I think really drives everything home. And uh, they've done a brilliant job with that. Also with like Sauron, I think is a good example as well in uh, Love to Rings. Where like, oh, yeah. even throughout the movies, like you, in the very beginning, you see Sauron as like this, uh, like one of his witch masters, pretty much. Like that's what he looks like, like. No. Well, yeah, he's just like a giant warrior. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, dude. Uh, like ironclad uniform and stuff, and it's yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but throughout the movie, you only see a fucking eye. It's 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 only mm -hmm. an eye that you see. There's nothing scary about it. Yeah, the music and like the sound effects are kind of scary, but it's the idea and the invisible force that he exerts over the ring and like uh, uh, mm -hmm. like Frodo and stuff. Um, it's actually scary. So I'm. I think I very much. I personally agree with you, um, but I think there are people that think that um, you know books, for example, where they have everything in their own imagination, think this is scarier, and there will be people that see yeah it and infer something from that, or just you know. Okay. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, books describe things in a different way, and they like. 
introduce introduce different uh context and different like description than what what a movie can describe because like a a movie can show a a perspective in a way that like the camera angle in a way that the book can't do that because you can be anywhere in a room in a book in your head at any given time but a movie or or yeah i mean a movie can selectively show you on what's on screen but then a book can also selectively only tell you certain things that certain characters know but you don't know so it's like different different ways of, of showing it i guess so it might just appeal to different uh people's experiences yeah i mean if you know someone pretty much just wiped out his uh you know imaginatory capacity like with for example i don't know Drugs, booze, uh, just complete sensory overload by constantly just watching YouTube videos, Netflix, yeah. listening to podcasts, and thereby only being able to imagine something that's shown to him in pictures. <laughs> yeah, that's it's one part. To sound like my my geriatric father. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's actually. Um, I'm right now in the middle of... Well, I'm actually kind of finished almost with um, the documentary Sons of Sam on Netflix, which uh, deals with a, like, uh, like a serial murderer um, in Mm. New York in the 80s, I think. And uh, first of all, it's really hard to take those people seriously because people in the 80s just look fucking ridiculous. Uh, (laughs) and also they have like the like just most uh cliche new york accent you could imagine because a lot of times they're they're interviewing cops and it's real man it's real fuck (laughs) i've been there it's real and as much as i love it but it's it's very tough to take seriously sometimes and Especially because New Yorkers, I don't know if it's still that way, but New Yorkers, at least the ones they interviewed, they were behaving in a very New York way. Like, it was a very cliche New York way, like kind of nonchalant, not giving a fuck. Um, and, yeah, it was, it, it's it's a very well-made documentary, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bit... Could be one episode shorter, I'd say. Um <laughs> there's there's a lot of downtime uh between just like in this podcast um but <laughs> yeah it's at least we're wasting google's resources yeah definitely <laughs> that's actually true god we're gonna make the ai angry at us um, um speaking of netflix documentaries mm-hmm. uh have you seen this uh f1 documentary yeah if uh, that's actually what drew me back into watching formula one just as i did today actually yeah oh all right okay yeah it's why have you watched it no a a friend of mine suggested it yeah he he wanted to know if you had seen it uh but now that explains it yeah uh, there's nothing more to add yeah (laughs) no i mean uh my dad used to watch um formula one a bunch when i was a kid uh it was a you know like every every other weekend when the races were on um sundays were you know sacred so i wasn't allowed to say anything uh for the first 5 minutes of of the start and now i kind of get that excitement um because yeah i i didn't really watch it as an adult until now um, and that's largely because of that documentary, because I think they did a really great job, not just, you know, focusing on the top runners that you pretty much know everything about, even when you're not a fan. You know who fucking Lewis Hamilton is, and you know mm, that sure. he's reigning champ and stuff like that. But they focused a lot on like the midfield and uh, like the back end of the field. And, uh, explaining like the struggles that they go through 
and how close the race actually still is in the midfield. And once you get a connection mm-hmm. to even those drivers that aren't in the focus of the media and uh, like the commentary going on during a race, um, you all of a sudden have a connection to like not just the front part of the field, but to like the whole part. And mm-hmm. um, I'm also just really fascinated by the whole like like the the like the technicality behind it and just uh how they're able to pull off like like an engine that that's like a thousand or more horsepowers um without having to fuel up during a 66 lap race which is like two to three hundred kilometers um like it's it's insane and they go well they do fuel up though it takes eight eight seconds though no they don't anymore they have abolished fueling up um a couple of years ago and uh because they're hybrid engines now oh and uh yeah just there's like i have no like engineering background or anything so there's a lot of stuff that i don't really get or it's hard for me to grasp but uh, yeah, it's it's insane to me, and uh, the the amount of precision the drivers have. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, making decisions at like you know three hundred kilometers an hour, like fuck, like that's that's yeah. just. I mean, they it's pretty wild. They go from like I wasn't that ex- that impressed from like their speed going from zero to a hundred kilometers because. That's like 2.2 seconds, kind of like... It's like almost tesla S kind of stuff. Mm. But 0 to 300 kilometers an hour, which is like, I think, like 250 miles per hour, something like 220, something like that, um, is like 10 seconds. They're from 0 to... Yeah, that's far more impressive. Yes, and that's just insane. That's so insane. And that's why, like, the, the starts and everything, like, they're obviously the most exciting part and um they they managed to do a better job of like keeping the field close together and making it more exciting so you're not just you know watching the first five laps and then you pretty just knew who's gonna win but Mm -hmm. like for this race for example you had like switch from second to first he led until like you know the last quarter of the race and then he got overtaken and that's just something that wouldn't have happened like 10 years ago. And they changed a whole lot of yeah, stuff to make it yeah. more attractive to the broader audience. And I think the, the documentary is also doing a great job at that. So, Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, so, something I, I find... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. It's all right. Uh, no, it's uh, something I, f- I find so fascinating about it. It's like that's where all... Like there's this whole trickle-down engineering technology thing where all of... Uh, like aerodynamic design and stuff starts in formula one and then that stuff slowly trickles down to like consumer cars like your honda civic or whatever very slowly um which i see it find super fascinating um but i i actually uh that was kind of my dream job was to be uh, a formula one driver or 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 like a rally racing driver mm. but i think i would have had to live in europe for that mm. but um we had like this track near my my house when i was a kid that was uh kind of like the equivalent of a um a farm school i guess where people kids learn to race like professional go-karts mm-hmm. and um and uh and then slowly get into formula three three and then whatever however you get into it um yeah and i so desperately wanted to be a race car driver and and i that was just not an option the the problem (laughs) is i'm not sure if you're aware how like becoming a formula one driver works um no i have no idea so just to put it in short terms because i guess most people already like turn off at this point um the main reason that's not made public that much is like you have a lot of drivers that are uh like from a rich background and Mm -hmm. the reason for that is that you need a lot of money to even go to formula one because you're not paid until you're in formula one 
even in Formula 2, the drivers are still paying to be able to drive. And oh, okay. we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars that they are paying per year. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in karting, like junior karting, you, you, you still need like tens of thousands of dollars just to like maintain that kart. Uh, yeah. Like travel, especially if you're like you have to go into na- at least national at some point. Um, which still is like thousands of kilometers, for example, for Canada or for 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 the USA, that you would have to travel. Um, mm-hmm. For Europeans, it would be like European uh, leagues where you would have to travel through like all of Europe. And uh, yeah, it's it's quite tough. And actually, still in Formula One right now, we have two pay drivers quote-unquote which uh one of them is um so one team Haas which is like a uh uh, US, uh US owned team they are now owned by uh in, in part by a Russian oligarch um called Masipin um and his son Nikita Masipin who's the complete asshole <laughs> and just completely the worst driver on the grid by far um uh, he's just there because his dad owns that Formula uh, One brand. Okay. Yeah. Um, the other one is a Canadian, actually. His name is Lawrence Stroll, and he's um, a Canadian billionaire who bought uh, one third of Aston Martin. He just, you know, went ahead and bought one third of Aston Martin, the whole brand, mm-hmm. and created a Formula One team uh, from Aston Martin. Um, he's actually bought another, uh, like originally was another team, um, and he converted it into Aston Martin as time went by. And his son Lance Stroll, um, he's also driving for the team. He's actually quite good. He's actually quite a good driver. Um, mm-hmm. But that just goes to show that you know, with enough money, and obviously you need some talent, uh, you can get into Formula One. And most other drivers, all like most of them, come from quite a wealthy background. Um, Lewis Hamilton ironically doesn't um, he comes from quite a poor family actually and it was just his parents who you know put everything you know on that one cart and um, mm-hmm. he got in touch with McLaren quite early in his career so that's why he managed to go where he's now but um, yeah it's for most people it's not achievable to become a formula one driver even if you're maybe the best driver in the world if you don't have like the funds to support that yeah yeah well that's a bummer i i kind of expected that but uh, yeah sorry i mean think about the when it comes to sports soccer you need to buy a ball uh karting you need to buy a cart yeah (laughs) and you know and you know makes professional flame throwing you yeah well that's something else but yeah Okay, good. So uh, on that bummer, we should probably end the podcast um, <laughs> because that's that's how we do it, baby. Um, so go ahead and follow us uh, on Twitter at Friends Apart Pod. Um, even if you're just a Google bot, like I don't know, just leave some ones and zeros. I don't care. Um, you can also <laughs> fuck. Imagine they do. <laughs> oh, fuck! I would be so creeped out. Um, then uh yeah you can all also shoot us a mail which is a gmail address so googlebot chill all right uh it's uh, friendsapartpod at gmail.com um and yeah i hope we we uh, bored you to death um i'm quite sure that half of you like if you're listening to this podcast in order to fall asleep as i do for uh excruciating pains and suffering podcasts uh, each night um then uh yeah we wish you a good night um if you if you're listening to this to wake up as i do uh to excruciating pain and suffering (laughs) 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 then good morning uh Uh, and if you're uh if if you're a real human uh thanks for listening and making it this far we really and even if you're ai like we're cool all right we're cool like don't hurt us. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to be fine like laying in one of those pots. Like, I'll be totally fine. 
just just give me enough legroom. Yeah, and also please uh, feed me something that's not producing floaties, so they're not swimming towards like my face. Yeah, no Mexican food, please. For me personally. Yeah. Uh, also, like, <laughs> like corn doesn't really digest, and it would just float in there. And like after a couple of years, oh. you would just have like, oh. like a diarrhea filled pod with like corn kernels like just floating around <laughs> oh that's what i had for lunch uh, <laughs> what diarrhea <or> corn <laughs> corn <laughs> all right okay buddy uh yeah you have a good one and everyone out there uh go fuck off into the sunset or wherever and uh yeah talk to you next week bye all right bye